Hey guys, Elizabeth here, and I want to talk to you about Boardwalk Apparel Company. They are one of our newest partners, and we could not love them more. They specialize in offbeat and quirky shirts and hoodies, and they even have their own podcast, so you should definitely check that out. Their shirts and hoodies are really great quality, and you can get your own by going to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use code BESTIE to get 10% off your first order. So after you're done listening to this episode, go to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use our code BESTIE to get that 10% off. Again, that's BoardwalkT-shirts.com, code BESTIE at checkout. Later, besties. Welcome to Horrendous, a Best Friends podcast. Elizabeth here. With me, as always, is the grape jelly to my extra chunky peanut butter, <laughs> Callie. Hey. How's it going? It's, it's going. <laughs> Sorry, gang. That was, a, that was a conversation pre-recording. Yeah, like five seconds before. <laughs> but it, it fits. I, you know what? I was like, oh, that's a good intro. I'm going to roll with that. We're going to do our final B-side before we switch the format. Callie has a story for me this week. I don't know what it is, but really quick before we get into that, I did a live this morning on our Facebook page. I'm sure everybody has heard they found remains in New Hampshire by Loon Mountain. If you're not familiar with true crime, then let me explain to you, Maura Murray is one of the most infamous true crime unsolved disappearances. It is like one of the most discussed, nay, over-discussed cases. And I'm not saying that in like a derogatory way. I, you know, it's important that the info gets out there. And it is important because this is a, a missing woman. However, everybody has talked about it. If you listen to true crime podcasts, odds are you've heard the story a time or 10. They found these remains close to where she disappeared. So everybody's thinking, oh my gosh, did they find Laura Murray? This morning I saw a story. They are testing the bones against the the Murray family DNA. I want to quickly say that Maura Murray or not, whoever this person is, they deserve to be identified and their family deserves closure. They will not get justice because, and I said this during the live, the skeletal remains don't really leave you with a whole lot, but at least they'll be able to put their loved one to rest. Yeah. I'll say that. Also, this is not a, a super notorious true crime case, but it is a recent one within the last 10 years. Faith Hedgepath was a indigenous woman in North Carolina. She was 19 and a college student, and she was brutally murdered in her friend's apartment. And it has been an unsolved murder. And they finally arrested a suspect for her murder. So hopefully her family will now not only get closure, but get justice as well. So if you are on the Facebook page, I posted just a, a thread. I started a thread regarding, I want to know everybody's thoughts on the Maura Murray thing. Do we th- really think it's Maura Murray or do we not think it's Maura Murray? Do we think it's just coincidence? I just, I just want to know what everybody's kind of thinking about it. I know a lot of people are hoping it's Maura Murray just because, again, it's something unsolved. 
and everybody's always wondered and everybody has theories about what happened to her. But again, just once more, let's just hope that whomever it is, they can now be put to rest and their family can have closure. With that said, that's really all I wanted to say at the top. Check out the Facebook page and and join the thread and post your thoughts. We want to know. I also want to say congratulations to Britney Spears on her engagement. Yes. Not only on her engagement, her freedom. Right. That too. So happy. And she cut her hair. She looks fantastic. Our girl Brittany is killing it. She is. Oh, gosh. I'll have those abs again one day. <laughs> Brittany Spears is my inspiration. Yeah. She has gone through hell and back, and she looks fantastic. I'm happy for her. Yeah. She looks phenomenal. She and does. she seems very happy. I very closely follow her Instagram, and I'm for it, and I love it. <laughs> Octavia Spencer told her to get a prenup as a joke, and people came for her. <laughs> and but Octavia Spencer was very classy and like did a whole Instagram post, like tagged both Brittany and her fiance, and it was like, listen, I I'm sorry, I really truly meant it as a joke. I wish you both happiness. And her and her fiance handled it really well. Like he made the joke, like yeah, you know, she can have all of my my tennis shoe collection in my jeep if we get divorced so (laughs) yeah so he handled it really well and you know she did apologize so people leave octavia spencer alone she's fantastic and she's a queen okay it was a joke (laughs) whether it be in poor taste or not like it was a joke not everything is serious okay here's my one joke for the week how are your swollen balls doing after the vaccine they're doing good right my swollen balls? Your swollen balls. My, well, as somebody who does not have testicles, <laughs> I cannot attest to that. Maybe I should ask uh, her and his husband, Matt, how his swollen balls are after the vaccine. Oh, I thought we all just got balls <laughs> after the well, vaccine you know, and then they I swole. Mean, the research provided by my cousin's sister's best friend's neighbor... <laughs> Who found the info on YouTube by their best friend in high school who didn't even pass biology, but they did a really good Google search. I mean, I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You couldn't pass high school biology, but you're going to tell me, let me do my own research. Are you in a fucking lab? Right. Doing the research. I'm sorry, Google is not research. No. If you want to read a peer-reviewed article, journal, paper, dissertation, or if you want to go into a damn lab and actually research the vaccine yourself, that's doing your own research. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) the do-your-own-research thing, like, I I support people doing their research and being informed and educated. I I support that. You should educate yourself and you should inform yourself and on any topic, on anything that you're putting in your body, 100%. You should always be informed and you should know what you're doing. With that said, it's more more than a Google search that you're going to have to do. Anyway, I got to let it go because I'm not going to shut up and we're never going to get to the story. Right. Also, Regeneron is not approved by the FDA. Just throwing that out there. Anyway. (laughs) Also. (laughs) Neither are essential oils. Anyway. (laughs)
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I got my notes mostly from ocghostsandlegends.com. Okay. Then a little bit from atlasobscura.com, irconservancy.org, Wikipedia. Not much from Wikipedia this time. OCHistorical.blogspot.com, paranormal.lovetoknow.com, weirdca.com, and onlyinyourstate.com. Oh, I have one more you left off. What? Michaela's cousin Josh's best friend Steve.blogformybasement.com. Yes, that one too. <laughs> Which. Sorry, since we're talking about fake research. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of this stuff is unconfirmed <laughs> so. okay well that's cool like let's roll with it i yeah. i have no idea what you're talking about it, but i'm very much looking forward to it all right so jake and i took a drive through the canyon after dropping my son off at his girlfriend's house and because uh-huh. we were going to target i thought it would be quicker I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, so we're driving through the canyon. It's beautiful. Jake was born and raised in Orange County, but he looked at me and he said- So it's sa- nothing to him. <laughs> well, no, he looked at me and said, okay. I usually never drive back here because we were always told that there were Satanists and the KKK out here. I'm like, okay. So hold on. So he was in Bonterre. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. Sorry. Here I go dissing our hometown. I apologize. (laughs) I realize having lived in Orange County for almost five years now, I don't know any local lore or urban legends. And with it being September, almost October, like I'm in the mood for some spooky stuff. Yeah. So I decided I was going to learn some, and I'm going to take y'all with me on this journey. I'm excited to join this journey, this journey across the Shire. Yes. My other big thing about living here is Jake's like, how do I get to blah, blah, blah? I'm like, I don't live here. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been here <laughs> Wait, for yes, like I do. five years. <laughs> I need to quit pretending I'm a tourist. <laughs> Okay, so today I am going to talk about Black Star Canyon. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? I don't know much. I don't, uh, I don't know anything about this. Okay, so, and that's why We Drink has an episode on it. I did not listen to it. I listened to like a brief portion. None of my research comes from that. Callie doesn't do live audio. I so. don't. I don't like it. It was very hard on my ears. So I listened to a little bit and I'm like, mm, I can't. And I this turned it off. This is not for me. Okay. With that being said, I'm going to give a brief history and then some sightings and ghost stories. Okay. So Black Star Canyon is located in the Santa Ana Mountains near Silverado, California. I mean Silverado. Silverado. <laughs> Not to be confused Sorry. with Colorado. <laughs> it is popular with mountain bikers and hikers. 
there is a 6.7 mile trail called Black Star Canyon Falls that is open all year and rated as difficult. So after I give birth to baby cabbage gummy bear, I fully intend on trying it out and going there and I'll report back. So this is also after I get my strength back, you know, from having major okay, surgery. Okay, I was going to say, two weeks postpartum, <laughs> yeah, you're going, you're going, going for it. Okay. Going to talk to my right. doctor. Like, I know you just cut me open two weeks ago, but can I go hiking now? But, right. <laughs> Despite the falls in the name, due to ongoing droughts, there is usually not an active waterfall. The canyon intersects with Cleveland National Forest, Fremont Canyon, and Limestone Canyon. There is lots of limestone in the area. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you'll know what that means. But if you haven't, well, limestone is known for conducting paranormal activity. The first people to settle here were the Tongva people. They would travel to the canyon during hot summer months to escape the heat and harvest acorns. Which, from what I read, that was, like, their main source of nutrition. Like, they would mash them and eat them. Interesting. Yes. It does not sound appetizing at all, but... You know... I'm sure if it was a choice between dying, starving to death and eating acorns, I would eat acorns. Yeah. I mean, mashed acorns might be good with some gravy on top. Well, and then also, too, I wouldn't know any better, you know... Yeah, that's true. If I, you know, anyway, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> Native settlements were very sporadic in the area due to a large population of grizzly bears. There are no longer really grizzly bears there. Nowadays, there was then, not now. Mm. During the 1700s, the canyon fell under Mexican rule and the land was known as Canyon de los Indios, or Canyon of the Indians. In 1831, there was a Native American massacre in the canyon. It was said that local trappers had been terrorized by Native American horse thieves. William Wolfskill helped track the bandits into the canyon and discovered them around a bonfire with horse flesh and allegedly human flesh. So it ended up being them fighting with guns, the trappers, and the Native Americans using bows and arrows. Mm-hmm. We know how that ends. We know how that ends. Yes. The trappers overwhelmed the natives and killed them before desecrating and leaving their remains. So this is actually a very popular story about what happened in the canyon But with more research on it, people are like, we don't really know if this happened. Mm. So it's been a word of mouth story for a long time until it was printed, I think, in the, I want to say the 30s, in a book called something about Old Saddleback. I'd have to look that up. Okay. So, yeah, that's like big thing that happened in the canyon that people believe is a source of activity yes so in 1879 august witt 
founded the Black Star Coal Mining Company after finding a large deposit of coal in 1878. This is also where the canyon gets its name. It consisted of one 900-foot shaft that yielded 6 to 10 ton of coal daily. Mule teams would haul the cargo to Anaheim or Los Angeles by wagon. The mine was later replaced by the Santa Clara mine, which was more successful and sustained the town of Carbondale, not Carbondale, Illinois, (laughs) that once existed (laughs) at the mouth of Silverado Canyon before it was taken over by AT and SF Railroad. June 9th, 1899, brought about the murder of James Gregg at Hidden Ranch. The ranch was owned by Henry Hungerford of Norwalk and George M. Howard of Anaheim. On June 8th, James Gregg and his brother-in-law, Clint Hunt, arrived to drive out cattle that Gregg owned and paid for on the land. That evening, a dispute began over unsettled debts between Greg and the property owners. Howard owed Greg $10 on a horse trade, and Greg had an outstanding pasturage bill of $17.50. Greg insisted that Hungerford and Howard accept $7.50 as settlement, which makes sense, right? One would think. Well, the next morning... The dispute resumed and resulted in Henry Hungerford fatally shooting James Gregg. That seems like it escalated quickly. It did. Very quickly. The murder trial originally brought before Judge J.W. Ballard resulted in the conviction of Hungerford. However, a new trial was sought and the judge granted the motion on the ground that not enough evidence was produced. Since no new evidence was available, District Attorney R.Y. Williams had no choice but to dismiss the case. Hungerford ultimately got away with the murder of James Gregg. Between the 1920s and 1950s, mining was once again successful in the area, this time at the Blue Light Mine in the nearby Silverado Canyon. The mine produced approximately $47,000, which is almost $789,000 today, of zinc, lead, gold, and silver between 1942 and 1946. The company was later known as the Silverado Mine Company. If you really like to hike, you can do a 15 to 16 mile hike round trip down Black Star Canyon Road. Around eight miles, you'll reach the Santa Ana Divide, where the ruins of Newport Harbor Master Joseph Beek's old home is located near the KSOX Doppler Tower. Remnants of his stone cabin, cistern, and several wells are still standing within the space. In February of 1969, an average of seven inches of rain fell each day for a solid month. Silverado, Harding, Majuska, and Santiago Creeks all flooded at the same time. Silverado Fire Hall served as a shelter for residents who lost their homes during the flooding. 
between 7 and 11 people died when a mudslide fell on the Silverado Fire Hall. There are some modern accounts of terrible things happening in the canyon. In July 2001, two men and three boys associated with a local gang were arrested after beating two teenage boys and violating two teenage girls. Oh, no. It's very sad. That's awful. It is. June 24th, 2002, Nicholas Anderson, Greg Anderson, and a friend entered the Blue Light Mine in Silverado, but the two brothers never made it out. Oxygen level levels inside the mine were recorded at only 4%. The incident log stated two brothers, 18 and 23, and a friend, 17, entered and added, but found their way flooded by water after 100 feet. The brothers swam past the flooded portion. The friend who refused to go further went for help when the men didn't return after two hours. The bodies of the brothers were retrieved by Orange and Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department cave divers. Air where the bodies were found contained 4% oxygen. In 2005, a 16-year-old girl was killed when rocks, mud, and earth hit a market and home in Silverado Canyon. This occurred near the station where the lives were lost in the 1969 flood. This death is marked by a rock memorial at the location. In September of 2013, A car crash on Santiago Canyon Road claimed the life of a 16-year-old on the way to Black Star Canyon with a group of friends. So just a reminder to everyone listening, while yes, it's fun to go exploring these places, you do need to be careful. It is never recommended to go into an abandoned mine like Elizabeth and I grew up with mines. Even a mine that you can go into normally, you should never go into it without a guide. Absolutely. If you go into a canyon after dark, you want to make sure you have gear with you and not to go alone. Because not only could mm-hmm. you trip and fall and injure yourself, there's also or wildlife. Or any kind of hiking after dark. Yes. Like if you know you're going to be, and I only say this because when we were in Colorado, one of the there was a missing person poster up for a gentleman who had disappeared in February. And they think he probably succumbed to the elements because he probably didn't have enough supplies. So if you're going to yes. go any kind of hiking, whether it be in the winter, the dark or anything, make sure you just are prepared because you never know what's going to happen. Yes. And also like falling or anything. There's also wildlife that you need to be mindful of. I know mm-hmm. around here there's a lot of like mountain lions, coyotes. It's never recommended. Rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't take your small dogs on hikes with you. Because then you'll be like Sharon Osbourne. You'll have your Pomeranian ab- abducted by a coyote. Oh, no. I didn't hear that story. It was out of their backyard. This was okay. a long time ago. Yeah, their their Pomeranian was like take, like dragged away by like a coyote or something. Oh. Yeah, very sad. Hey 
Hey besties, let's take a minute to talk about something super important, your skin. As you all know, my day job is in a dermatology lab, so I see firsthand the different results of all the things we expose our skin to. And with the ever-increasing exposure to blue light, we are now starting to see the results of that exposure. The average person spends nine hours a day in front of some sort of electronic device. You're listening to this add-on one now, and you're probably sitting in front of a computer at work. And we know how damaging that high-energy visible light is to your eyes, but have you ever considered the effects on your skin? Blue light, or HEV, penetrates deeper than UV light, generating reactive oxygen, which leads to the loss of elasticity, dryness, fine lines, and photoaging. So that's why Impression Dermaceuticals created, let's face it, a facial serum, the first of its kind, created to protect your skin and help it recover before and after blue light exposure. Combining natural ingredients such as cocoa seed extract, marigold derivatives, moisturizing emollients, peptides, and anti-aging ingredients, Impression Dermaceuticals Let's Face It Serum will not only erase light damage, but also leave your skin looking fresh, youthful, and rejuvenated. To get your own bottle of Let's Face It, go to ImpressionDerma.com. It's ideal for all skin types, so there's really no need to worry about if it's a good fit for your skin. So don't wait. Go to ImpressionDerma.com and get a bottle of Let's Face It. Okay, so enough of my mom talk. Let's get into what that one troll who emailed us called the fun stuff. The good stuff. (laughs) The interesting (laughs) stuff. So, Santiago Sam, not to be confused with Yosemite Sam. (laughs) It's uh, Yosemite Sam's half-brother. Yes, (laughs) maybe. Also named Sam. (laughs) Like Pete and Pete. Exactly. He is the Bigfoot slash Sasquatch of the Santa Ana Mountains. Oh, you didn't tell me Bigfoot was making an appearance. Oh, everything makes an appearance. I wasn't prepared for that. Carry on. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) He is roughly five foot two with 20 inch footprints, which I must say. Five foot two. Is the shortest Bigfoot I have ever heard of. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, when you hear Bigfoot, you do think tall, but yeah. it literally means Bigfoot, and 20-inch footprint is pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. he does have a big Santiago foot. Sam. Yes. Five foot two. All right. <laughs> there have been four separate sightings by rangers. He is found in Black Star Canyon and other areas of Cleveland National Forest. On one blog spot post, an anonymous commenter said, I have had several possible encounters with possible Bigfoot creatures up at Black Star Canyon over the last six years. One decided to throw a rock at us about three years ago. We shined our lights on it and couldn't believe what we were seeing. I didn't really know if they existed until that day. The entity was 
12 to 13 feet tall, which sidebar that's different from the other accounts. Yeah, that's a very big difference. Yes. Gray hair, long arms past where its knees would have been, and a watermelon-like head. We shined our light on it for about 30 seconds before I decided to try and get my camera to take a picture. In the years before, we had heard and seen strange things. Three tree knocks that I thought were gunfire until we heard what sounded like an elephant walking away. Since seeing that creature, we have had small and large rocks thrown in our direction, some thrown on a line from several hundred feet away. We also had a fence post shake on us. So that's the account of... I almost said Yosemite, San. Yeah, Santiago, not Yosemite. On January 23rd, 1995, friends hunting in Black Star Canyon saw what is now called Black Star Waddlers or Black Star Dwarves. (laughs) Okay, hold, okay. Carry on. There have been multiple sightings since, but tales don't always use that name. Which makes sense because I couldn't find any accounts of it besides this one. The entities are approximately two feet in height and dark in color Mm -hmm. with a notable waddle as they walk. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I couldn't find anything more on this unless it is also referred to as the Black Star Canyon Demon. Okay. I feel like this is turning into a Stefan skit from SNL. (laughs) We got Bigfoot, <laughs> we got Waddlers, or dwarfs, now we got a demon. Okay. <laughs> the Black Star Demon is said to have spawned with the massacre of the Tongva people. Visitors of the canyon report the sensation of feeling as though they are being watched. The demon is said to lurk in the shadows. Often frightening unsuspecting hikers and bikers as it crosses the path several yards in front of them. The demon appears as a dark humanoid shape roaming about the mountainside. The oldest ghost story to come from the canyon is that of La Llorona. La Llorona makes an appearance? Uh No. Okay. A woman who murdered her own children, typically the account is by drowning, and then died by suicide. The stories of La Llorona originated from the Spanish who controlled the land prior to Mexico. She is said to live in a well and appear with the head of the horse there are a couple versions of La Llorona, and she has also been spotted in other areas of California, along with New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, and Montana. She is also called the Whaler and the Weeping Woman. The canyon even has its own Lady in White. She has been seen around corners, on the trails, and out of the corner of people's eyes. Some have stated that they have seen her crying or visibly upset. Or maybe this is just another retelling of La Llorona. According to multiple sites and word of mouth, 
but also not verifiable, there is a school bus that traveled the area on a daily basis as part of its route in the 1970s. One day, the driver lost control in a freak accident. It spiraled into Black Star Canyon, killing everyone on board, including the school children. Oh, no. The crash bus remained on the property until 2012. So while what happened isn't verifiable, there's no reports or anything, there was Mm -hmm. actually a crash bus on the property. But there's no verifiable story of what actually happened. Yes. Okay. People have reported over the years that as they got close to the bus, they could see ghostly apparitions that appeared to be children trying to get away from the vehicle. Although the bus is gone, it is still believed that children's spirits are present and their voices can still be heard by canyon visitors. A haunted canyon isn't a haunted canyon until there's some disembodied voices. Well, Of course, you gotta have disembodied voices. Of course. Well, you're in luck because Black Star Canyon is said to have just that. You're right. Everything really makes an appearance. Yes. (laughs) And we're not done yet. Oh, my God. (laughs) There are reports of disembodied and audible voices throughout the canyon. People have also been known to hear drums, chanting, weeping, and intense growling. The area is known to have high EVP activity as well. On to the warnings that Jake received growing up. The story is that satanic cults used the canyon as a place to hold rituals in the 1980s. Having seen the bonfires from these rituals, they were sometimes mistaken for KKK meetups. (laughs) Okay. Visitors have reported seeing hooded figures and unexplained fire slash lights, which again could have been KKK activity. It's true. Yeah. Or meth heads. I'm I'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> One individual and his friend reported stumbling across a ritual sacrifice where hooded figures were chanting. Once they were seen, they quickly left the park. However, they discovered a note on their vehicle advising them to leave and never come back. Hikers have reported satanic imagery, chalk pentagrams, used candles, animal skulls, chalices, and bloody objects within Black Star Canyon. Okay. Or maybe it really was the KKK. Rallies and clan activity has also been reported in Black Star Canyon with many sightings near the Indian village and other remaining structures. Some believe that lynchings and other racially charged incidents have taken place within the canyon. The area is large enough that bodies and victims could easily be buried and or hidden from sight. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. But neither the satanic cults or the KKK have been confirmed to have used Black Star Canyon for any purpose. So is that not enough for you? Never. How about we throw in some UFO sightings as well? 
course there are. (laughs) (laughs) This area is relatively quiet and has open visibility that provides an excellent view of the night sky. Flashing lights, unexplained sounds, and fast-flying objects have all been reported. John Wayne Airport is nearby, but people have noted the noticeable difference in their sightings. With how clear the view is here, I am definitely going to keep this place in mind for the next meteor shower. Besides all this, there have been multiple reports of unexplained figures and creatures. There are stories of things moving quickly along the side of this trail, stalking, stalking? Stalking people from bushes. Some even throw objects at visitors. Then I have one last story from Superfan Sarah. Oh, cool. <laughs> or as Jake calls her, best listener Sarah. Number one fan Sarah. Yes. <laughs> she said, and she gave me permission to quote her. Mm-hmm. The only personal experience I have going there is in 2003-ish with my brother and his friend. I would have been 13 and they would have been 17. We went around 11 to midnight. We had flashlights and bats and started walking the trail. So they sounded prepared. (laughs) I was looking down and didn't see what happened, but my brother and his friend stopped in the middle of their tracks and quietly said, what the fuck was that? Then decided we needed to get back to the car. So my brother walked backwards and his friend and I turned around to the car. They kept me sandwiched between them. Oh, that's nice. Good. I'm glad they protected yeah. her at all costs. Good guys. Sarah's brother and friend. That night, they said it was a mountain lion and realized It was stupid for three kids to be out there. But Mm -hmm. like five years later, I mentioned it to them and they were like, yeah, it wasn't a mountain lion. Don't know what it was, but we knew we had to leave. Oh, wow. After Sarah checked back in with her brother yesterday, she said, my brother stands by. It wasn't a mountain lion and said maybe to it being Santiago Sam. Wow. So I, for one, cannot wait to have this baby and go visit, even if all I get out of it is a good hike. Well, let's just do it together. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Learning about this area reminded me a lot of Blackwell Road back home, which we covered in episode three, where we played our favorite game, Is It Meth Camps or Ghost Fires? I guess that (laughs) could still be relevant here. We'll change it to, is it meth heads or Satanists? Satanists get a bad rap, but we can make that a secondary game. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) by Satanists, I mean like Satanic cults, not the Church of Satan. I should make that clear. Yeah, we we should make that distinction. Yes. Yes. So that is Black Star Canyon has a little bit of everything for everyone. Yeah, it's a Stefan nightclub, basically. (laughs) I really enjoyed that story. I've never heard it. So thank you for that, Callie. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I had a lot of fun with it. Well, I'm glad it was a good time. I had a good time listening. It's really not that far from my house. (laughs) 
Well, ne- next time I come visit, we're doing it. Next time you come visit, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> yes. Let's make that distinction right now. Okay. <laughs> so that's all I have. Well, you guys know the drill. Everything will be in the show notes. Check out our affiliates. Check out the Patreon. Check out all our social medias. We appreciate you guys very much. Yes. Thank you, besties. See you next time.